The Bible Study Podcast, episode 239. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of 1 Samuel with chapter 19. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. As you may recall from the previous episodes, in this part of the book of Samuel, David has become a mighty warrior. Saul has become jealous. Saul has been told that he is not going to be the king forever, but that God has appointed someone new. He has not yet learned that that is David, but he's probably suspecting it by this point. He is certainly jealous of David, but his son Jonathan has formed a very fast friendship with David. Jonathan, who will not be king because David becomes king, isn't threatened by David, but instead loves him like a brother. And we see that here in chapter 19. Saul told his son Jonathan and all the attendants to kill David. But Jonathan had taken a great liking to David and warned him, My father Saul is looking for a chance to kill you. Be on your guard tomorrow morning. Go into hiding and stay there. I will go out and stand with my father in the field where you are. I'll speak to him about you and will tell you what I find out. Jonathan spoke well of David to Saul, his father, and said, Let not the king do wrong to his servant David. He has not wronged you, and what he has done has benefited you greatly. He took his life in his hands when he killed the Philistine. The Lord won a great victory for all Israel, and you saw it and were glad. Why, then, would you do wrong to an innocent man like David by killing him for no reason? Saul listened to Jonathan and took this oath. As surely as the Lord lives, David will not be put to death. So Jonathan called David and told him the whole conversation. He brought him to Saul, and David was with Saul as before. And this point in the story, Jonathan acts as a peacemaker and acts as a voice of reason for Saul. And he just points out the truth of the situation, which is, what has David done? David hasn't done anything against you. In fact, everything that David has done has benefited you. You were at war with the Philistines. You were coward because of this giant Goliath, this Philistine, what he truly is referring to here. And David went out and slew that and gained you victory over your enemies. David is not your enemies. David is, in fact, the one who has been defeating your enemies. So why would you put him to death? Why would you do this wrong thing against this innocent person? And so Saul, at this point, changes his mind. And so Jonathan has, for a period of time at least, brought peace between David and Saul. And again, this is all on Saul's side. David hasn't done anything against him. Continuing on, once more war broke out and David went out and fought the Philistines. He struck them with such force that they fled before him. But an evil spirit from the Lord came on Saul as he was sitting in his house with his spear in his hand. While David was playing the lyre, Saul tried to pin him to the wall with his spear, but David eluded him as Saul drove the spear into the wall. That night, David made good his escape. Now, this is a strange thing. I literally had to go back and see, did I, am I in the wrong chapter? Didn't this just happen? And indeed, this is the third time that... Saul has thrown a spear at David. Either that or we have two different accounts that have been combined. And that's the other theory is that this is made up of two different stories that were combined later on. But in any case, Saul is again throwing spears at David. And so David at this point takes a hint and leaves. 
Saul sent men to David's house to watch it and to kill him in the morning. But Michael, David's wife, warned him, if you don't run for your life tonight, tomorrow you'll be killed. So Michael let David down through a window and he fled and escaped. Then Michael took an idol and laid it on the bed, covering it with a garment and putting some goat's hair at the head. When Saul sent men to capture David, Michael said he is ill. Then Saul sent the men back to see David and told them, bring him up to me in his bed so that I may kill him. But when the men entered, there was an idol in the bed, and at the head was some goat's hair. Saul said to Michael, Why do you deceive me like this and send an enemy away so that he escaped? Michael told him, He said to me, Let me get away. Why should I kill you? So again, Saul is foiled, and he's foiled again by one of his children. Michael is yet another child of Saul, his daughter, who he gave to David in marriage because David was successful. Although, again, remember that he had intended that to be a trap for David, but it didn't work out that way. And Michael loves David. That's where we are in this story. And so she helps him get away. I'm a little concerned that they found it easy to get their hands on an idol. And I point that out because it isn't a part of this story right yet, but it will point out a problem that we will have after David is king, that they really don't get the idols out of Israel. It isn't that hard for them to lay hands on an idol, even though they shouldn't be anywhere near the people of God. And this is a problem that the people of God have continuously, especially after the kingship of David or after the kingship of David and Solomon. When David had fled and made his escape, he went to Samuel at Ramah and told him all that Saul had done to him. Then he and Samuel went to Naioth and stayed there. Word came to Saul, David is at Naioth at Ramah. So he sent men to capture him. But when they saw a group of prophets prophesying with Samuel standing there as their leader, the Spirit of God came on Saul's men, and they also prophesied. Saul was told about it, and he sent more men, and they prophesied too. Saul sent men a third time, and they also prophesied. Finally, he himself left for Ramah and went to the great cistern at Seku, and he asked, Where are Samuel and David? Over in Naioth at Ramah, they said. So Saul went to Naioth at Ramah, but the Spirit of God came even on him. And he walked along prophesying until he came to Naioth. He stripped off his garments, and he too prophesied in Samuel's presence. He lay naked all day and all night. This is why people say, Is Saul among the prophets? Now, is Saul among the prophets may not be a common saying in your household, although perhaps it should be. But the interesting thing here is God protects David. David has gone to Samuel, and God gives his protection to Samuel and David, and he protects them in the strangest of ways. He doesn't defeat, he doesn't kill Saul and the men that Saul sends, he doesn't hide David, instead, he puts his spirit on the people that Saul sends. Three groups of men, one at a time, they come, and instead of arresting David, they become speakers for God. They become prophets. They speak forth what God says. You can't be a channel for the message of God and be disobedient for God at the same time is what they find out here. They can't be prophets of God and then lay hands on this man who God has chosen as the next king of Israel. And so Saul is thwarted time and time and time again until he himself finally goes 
and he himself becomes a prophet for a day. He finds himself, instead of capturing and killing David as he intends, he finds himself in some sort of very profound prophetic, I want to say, encounter with God. He strips himself naked, lies naked all night, and is prophesying, is speaking forth what God intends for the people to hear. It's interesting that we don't hear what it is that either the three men, either the three groups of men, or Saul prophesies. And again, we think of prophecy as something that tells the future, and it's possible that was the case. But prophecy, usually in the Old Testament, usually in the Bible, is talking about getting the word of God out so that people can hear what God intends for them to hear. And that is what's going on here. We don't know what they're saying, but we do know that the intention of God at this point is that he has turned his back on Saul, and he has turned his eyes to David who Samuel has already anointed king. And so it's possible that Saul's own lips were saying that ugly truth that Saul didn't want to hear, which is that God has turned his back on him and that David is God's man. But whatever it is, it basically acts as a protection for David and Samuel. God has a lot of different ways of working, and he has a lot of different ways of protecting his people. He has a lot of different ways of getting his word out. And it's difficult, I think, if we ever intend to try and put God in a box and say, God works this way or God works that way. And this is one of those things that reminds us that God works in the way that God wants to work. And really, God's purposes will go forward. God's plans will be carried out. We can be an instrument of them, or we can try and get in the way as Saul did. And Saul found that trying to get in the way of the plans of God isn't a comfortable place to be and isn't going to lead to success. With that, we'll bring an end to this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have questions, feel free to send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Chris2x. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Need more of God's power in your life? I'm Christina Patterson, host of the Teach Us to Pray podcast, providing practical tips on how to grow your faith through prayer. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.